Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hello guys, another ATP Weekly, another free events to talk about, another exciting couple of youngsters who broke through, another exciting couple of, well, one first-time winner. Mario, hello. Um, you know, how did you enjoy this week in Doha, uh, Rio, and uh, Los Cabos? Los Cabos, yeah. No, the, let's say plenty of storylines, uh, you know, from, from this week. Uh, actually, from, you know, all the three tournaments, uh, all of them had, uh, you know, something to to really, you know, enjoy and talk and talk about, and so yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting episode. This one, that's for sure. Yeah, let's of course start with the bigger one, biggest one, Rio. We had uh, people on the ground at multiple events this week, but in, in fact, in, when it comes to the 
um, sort of ATP side of things. We've only had uh, Rio, of course, with, with John attending. But uh, yeah, regardless of that, let's just talk about that. And Sebastian Baez getting his first ATP 500 title, his fifth overall, fourth on clay courts. Of course, the biggest title of his career, which I guess, you know, you know, doesn't really come as that much of a surprise. I mean, I don't know what you think about the Rio draw as a whole and how it went, but obviously it was like sim- similar strength to a 250. I mean, very similar strength to, uh, to Buenos Aires last year, especially after a certain player with- retired. And we're going to talk yeah. about that later. Yeah, but yeah, yeah maybe let's, let's just start with Sebastian Baez, who obviously had an awesome week, only losing one set in the quarterfinals to Thiago Monteiro. Yeah, I usually say that for me, it's like Buenos Aires and Rio, an average, you know, you make 250 and 500 and probably, you know, it's more or less an average in terms of, um, you know, of course, when you decide to go to to South America, you usually go there to play at least two tournaments. And so, you know, of course, Rio, which is the one who... Uh, which gives more point and then Buenos Aires up more or less, you know. Um, that's right. Yeah, of course. At some at some point of the of the week, you know, Bites seemed to be, um, you know, also considering that he, he also was the one uh, who got also most titles among these guys who were there, uh, especially on clay, showed to be able to, uh, you know, to get over the line. Um, quite a few times lately and so he he became let's say more or less the favorite yeah he could have lost to Serundolo wouldn't be a you know shocking thing but um, let's say that he was it was for sure a big chance and uh, he's been very very good in in taking it yesterday um played you know, played very, very well, very solid match. Also, of course, for Navone, it wasn't, wasn't easy. The first final, he was coming from the, the qualifying. Um, so, uh, you know, for sure, Bites was also uh, the favorite, in my opinion, going into, into the final. But uh, his showing was really, really worth of the, of the occasion. And indeed, you know, all, how the match went, uh, of course, speaks for... Uh, for himself, Bites, who is actually out, outside from, you know, from the, the let's say, the top four, uh, the player who won the most titles since the, the beginning of last season, um, which is still um, still good, of course, because, uh, you know, for tennis players, li- being able to, to get these kind of weeks lifting the trophies, it's, uh, it's for sure important. And it's also, you know, a player who... Um, with with his young age, of course, uh, you know he is a player. You see no no reason for him to not keep in doing what he's doing in these kind of tournaments. Yeah, of course, he's been kind of like um, not posting too many big results at the slam stages at at ATP thousands, but definitely he's been pretty amazing at these. Even if maybe last year he like didn't have any deep runs really, but his titles. But, you know, he had the titles, so it's fine. So he was still around top 30 right now, just barely beside France, besides France, uh, barely behind France Rundolo in terms of a potential top 20 debut. They're like defending, I think, a pretty similar amount of points as well over the next weeks. Yeah, so- even if uh, basically the, the, the thing is kind of the opposite, you know, Serundolo has, uh, you know, 
of course he has the grass title and then he is there because of two masters quarterfinals and uh, uh you know he was in the second week of the french open indeed Bayez is is this kind of player you know, you know nine atp semifinals and five titles uh so basically you know <laughs> he's a player that when he he has his week you know it's it's very 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 difficult to beat that's for sure yeah, last last year I think I checked that during one of the watchalongs this this year, and last year he only had four ATP semifinals and converted them into three titles, uh, basically only missing out in um, Santiago, which is coming up obviously, and he has that semifinal defender. Um, I kind of am surprised that he hasn't withdrawn yet, but who knows? Maybe it will come. But yeah, from Mariano Navone, uh, actually a sem- uh, withdrawal of San- out of Santiago has already. Yeah, I uh, I know from. Mm-hmm from quotes that he's uh, he's not planning on withdrawing then cool. i don't know if he bites uh, um, then i don't know if he, if he will do maybe you know if but for now the plan is is to play i believe that's stupid but uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> no no because I, uh, I, yeah, well, I of course that's a bit of a stretch but like i just think that he should you know get a bit of rest and get more yeah it's uh, also, hardcore yeah, rhythm no. going for indian wells in miami but then again you know you might be thinking about this like very economically and um well he's got a better chance of securing more points obviously in uh in um santiago than he knows miami probably however you know sort of just thinking ambitiously i would i would probably uh, try to get myself ready for the bigger events after winning such a title i mean 500 points and speaking of a lot of points coming his way 330 for mariano navone which totally shakes up his ranking situation uh basically there are two possible choices for jakub bobro player of the week this uh, this time maybe even joao fonseca as well but we uh, probably have to go for, with Mariano Navona. You know, he had the bigger final. He, just like Jakub Menschik, whom we are going to talk about later, he also had the had his top 100 debut this year alongside Thiago Agustin Tirante, but he actually never uh, won a match this year, uh, this year, this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so definitely he wasn't in contention. However, <laughs> Navona and Menschik, I mean, very similar cases. I think we decided to go with Navona eventually. He uh, climbs 53 spots, as Mario mentioned earlier, managed to play through the qualifying here. And this is especially important as basically since the beginning of the season, even though you're thinking that, okay, uh, Navona should probably have a big golden swing and he definitely has a lot of opportunities coming up for him to break the top 100. The first two appearances were, mm, I mean, definitely the way he got blown off the court by Darderi, it wasn't too thrilling and neither really was the match against Carbaez by night. It wasn't the Navone that won five titles last year and was basically unbeatable from June onwards on the challenger to run clay. Uh, but he finally gets it done in Rio. Um, a few impressive performances, a few moments when maybe you know the luck was also on his side, like the Nori injury in the semis. Then again, until well, injury and well, let's say physical issues, whatever it was. And um, basically, up until it's not like up until Nori started exhibiting signs of that, Navone was not holding up with him. I am slightly disappointed with the performance in the final, but he did run out of steam. I don't know, mentally or physically. I mean, the withdrawal from Santiago would suggest. Uh, physically but this is just going to get a lot of new opportunities opened up for Nafone for sure I mean with this he can basically play through the entire European clay season you know ATP main draws see what he does there 
And uh, after that, you know, of course, he's going to have a lot of points to defend in the second half of the season. How he survives that, that's like a topic for another day. For now, it's just really important that he has, get, you know, managed to get himself into that position. And yeah, 330 points for him is absolutely massive because that that's like kind of what he got for the five challenger titles yeah. last year. Like that's that's more or less similar points for 25 matches there and for seven here. Yeah, let's say that after, you know, all his titles uh, at Challenger level last year, the, the top 100 debut wasn't never really, in my opinion, even a, a big storyline in terms that he 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 wouldn't somehow with some wins here and there, even in Rio, uh, you know, he got to the top 100 right after winning his first round of the main draw. So, um, you know, right now it also feels a, a little bit old as, as a story, given, you know, that he then went on even to, uh, to, to the final, of course. Um, yeah, showing, you know... Um, almost the whole week you know except for for the final of course but showing you know what what is able to do what it's uh what it's kind of of tennis and of course on on this surface you you need to be uh to be to, to express a certain level to to be able to uh to beat him of course it is playing good tennis um and yeah for sure uh it's um basically one of the of the best thing about this these results this week when there are these players uh reaching reaching a final or even winning a title then you know of course their ranking he he's going to it's going to to go to another level and so he will for sure have all these opportunities and try to to also gain experience by by playing on on the main tour and uh, also, you know, on clay, but in Europe, uh, playing, you know, the important tournament, the Masters, um, sixth in the world. Uh, it should even be, you know, for example, in the Monte Carlo qualifying draw, uh, you know, really, really everything. And it's it's very, very huge for him. And of course, also the the feeling to be in, you know, quite, quite a big final, um, you know, for, for his career. Um yeah, let's see how he will he will go. Of course, of course, the final yesterday hasn't really been, you know, uh unforgettable for him, that's for sure. At the same point, I have to say that also, you know, from the other side of the net, uh, you know, Bites was for sure playing playing very well, didn't really, you know, uh, did those misses that maybe can give you uh, a little bit more uh, comfort in your first, for most important career final, and you know just to to set up uh, with everything. You know it's been in kind of a rush, uh, basically because at some point he also kind of felt the need to uh, you know try to end the point a bit quicker, but you know not with the the desired results. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, Navona this week definitely was like, um, I don't think it was quite the same conviction that he sometimes played with on the Challenger Tour last year. But of course, you know, he needs, maybe he will need more time to sort of get it done. There were definitely parts of this Rio run and Rio draw as a whole, where like the quality was not too high. <laughs> and that includes the, the first semi, especially, obviously, then Nori also having physical issues, the final 
So, uh, I mean, it definitely wasn't that much stronger than Buenos Aires or Cordoba, let's say. I don't think it produced better tennis than Buenos Aires or Cordoba for a multitude of reasons, really. Um, someone that we definitely need to talk about is Joao Fonseca, who, of course, was the junior number one at the end of 2023, who won the US Open. And um, last year he played Rio, he lost to Alex Molchan, only won three games, was like extremely nervous in that match. However, of course, in the meantime, he's also been picking up solid pro wins, maybe not really turning them into big runs, but solid pro wins, made a challenger semi earlier this year already. Uh, but this was still like a completely different focus, completely different level of ball striking, the, the way he was hitting his back in as well, which, you know, didn't used to be like a liability, but just wasn't anything to speak about really i mean everyone was focusing on the seven forehand combination how uh, threatening it was but suddenly the back is just so sharp technically it's gonna be a bit of a test for me like how he performs in santiago he's playing tirante in the opening ground at altitude so that's a pretty tough matchup uh not necessarily whether he wins or not but like whether that same yeah, level of inspiration and focus can be maintained you know without the home crowd involved but this yeah, was, exactly. you know, a, a wonderful showing. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of people right now sort of joining the hype train of yeah. Joao Fonseca. And I'm going to be uh, looking at their incorrect takes and I'll be like, no. Yeah, yeah jumping on and off. About? Jumping yeah, on but... and off. The the oh, yeah, train. yeah. When, when he loses so much, they're going to be jumping, <laughs> jumping on, on and off, on and off. Off as well, right? Yeah. At the beginning yeah, of yeah. the season, of course, he suffered some brutal losses to Comesania, to Popco, to uh, Eduardo Lavagno. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not, he's not going to play like this every day. However, obviously I've been yeah, super okay. big on Joao Fonseca. I think in fact, a couple of months ago, I don't remember what the show was, but someone in the chat here on Talking Tennis posted, posed this question, who will be the next South, Af uh, South American male or female to win a slam? And, you know, the kind of instant obvious answer is actually Joao Fonseca and was five months ago as well. I don't know if he's going to do it because obviously it's super early to to do that. But um, yeah, the potential is there. The the team is there as well. The sort of the good head on his shoulders, if you may. And uh, yeah, that was just it was just fantastic to see him play this well in uh, in Rio already at this stage of his career. Definitely very reminiscent of Alcaraz playing Rio, maybe a year or well, not actually a full year younger, but. But, you know, a bit younger in 2020 when uh, that was also like a, a showing that really uh, told people that this guy is going to be insane. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, of course, it's even worthless, of course, or at this point to mention, you know, what happened last year. But of course, when you have this, when you are this age, one year makes so can make all the difference in the world also. Uh, not only from the you know the mental the mental aspect and the mental point of view, but you know in general. And of course, it's been uh, yeah great great to see him played played some some amazing tennis and in you know all basically all all the three matches, even the one he lost, he he still uh, you know showed very very good good things. Um, yeah, definitely a great story. Uh, you know, you were mentioning the forehand. It's obvious. <laughs> it's it's so, so good as a shot, also to to watch. It's uh, um, you know, of course, you know the thing. I I'm not uh, a very very big fan of of the serves. So you know, <laughs> I was really really focusing on on that swing, which is 
which is absolutely amazing. And also I was liking, you know, the, the way of um, being on the court, uh, the, the approach, the, you know, also the way he was, um, you know, the, the body, the body language. I, I really liked all these, all these things about him. Um, yeah, for sure. When you, when you are this young, uh, you know, ups and downs uh, are obvious. It's, uh, it will all be part of, you know, the, the growth process. You know, it's not, uh, it's rare, you know, <laughs> that we, we see a player, you know, just growing without uh, having any kind of step back. So for sure, he, you know, I'm well aware that he's not going to, to already play every week at this level and but still yeah absolutely it's a great prospect and you know uh, for for south america and brazilian tennis in particular of course there's plenty to 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 hope uh, with him mm, yeah mm, that's basically of course we will we will have to see the pro- how the process will turn because everyone has has his own but you know was really a great showing nothing nothing more to add i'm great yeah and he's been of course using all these spots uh that are basically allowed for uh, younger players now and by being in the top 350 of the rankings he gets a lot more opportunities now as well because uh because of his junior success because of being the number one and winning a slam he had the eight spots in challenger 50 and 75s but now when he's below 20 and sub 20 uh, basically and um he is in the top 350 he also gets opportunities in bigger challengers 100 and 125 so basically he can be playing challengers all year even if his ranking didn't really warrant it however right now it actually does because he is at 343 so um well college is not looking that likely right now no If (laughs) if he does go there if he does go there, then it's gonna be a Diana Schneider type of deal. Um in you know, eventually just like just like she yeah. sort of go for a half a half a year just for a semester play. But um yeah, I would assume that's not happening really. Uh then again, Fonseca seems like the kind of guy who might actually try to pull this off, given yeah, he's just very like take it step by step and and then that's amazing as well. Uh, it takes, I guess, a lot of confidence in your in your eventual ability to make it to to sort of uh, be like that. But anyway, I think we should also talk about about Carlos Alcaraz, who only played two games in this entire event, but he is in the title. So clearly, John wanted us to mention him, and <laughs> probably we should. Carlos Alcaraz, if in case someone was like, yeah, living under a rock the last seven days, he <laughs> basically slipped in the on, on the third or second point against Thiago Monteiro, second, I think, even. Yeah, and the he second. Rolled his ankle, he rolled his ankle. He was only able to play two games. He withdrew eventually from that event. However, um, of course, he uh, at least it seems that he is on the right track to make Indian Wells anyway. And I guess, you know, sort of for me, I know we were looking at Rio as a tournament which Alcaraz could potentially win and have, like, just grab a lot of confidence out of it, get back to, you know, his winning ways. Yeah. But as long as Indian Wells isn't impacted, that's perfectly fine. Like, as long as Indian yeah, Wells isn't absolutely. impacted, no harm done. However, if Indian Wells was going to, I don't know, either, you know, either he was going to withdraw from that or maybe because he has l- less time to prepare, he is, you know, not too sharp in the first or second round or rather second or third round for him. And maybe he's not too sharp, then he loses. 
that's actually a big hit because that's one of his favorite courts in the world. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that basically it's the only you know storyline surrounding uh, you know Alcaraz mm, if he's going to uh, you know to be fully fully okay already in, in Indian Wells or not because of course you know and uh, the the performance is not judgeable because it lasted two games and really two points. So um yeah, for sure. Could have, could have been for sure a chance for him, but I mean, he, this is this was not going to change his his life and and his career regardless. So, uh, as you as you said, of course, you know, the sunshine double uh, will be will be for sure the the two tournaments, Indian Wells and Miami, where uh, you know he will be one hundred percent tested in terms of you know where where he is where he is right now and uh, yeah especially Indian Wells as you said because we saw last year uh, you know that uh, it's really a court he he can you know should should win more than more than once for for the way he can he can play on on that kind of of court so yeah let's see let's see but I think that there's not really other kind of of story of course Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and let's also, uh, before we head to Doha and Los Cabos, let's mention what we have on the screen right now. Of course, Andy Murray brought up a pretty viral tweet about this as well. Uh, Mario, should South America get a thousand? I think the two po- two two answers in the poll kind of don't really. Um, well, I wouldn't vote for either, uh, but why I will say in a second, Mario, should um, South America get a thousand? And you know, let's be realistic about it. Like, let's just not sort of live in a dream world of you get a thousand, you get a thousand, you get a thousand, because that's kind of what Andy Murray did later on when they when asked about it in his uh, press conference. But like. Realistically, yeah. is it possible for South America? Let, let, let's well, maybe is it possible? It's also not the right phrasing. Let's say, would it be you know right for a thousand to be in South America? Let's say next year. I mean, uh, yeah, it depends from from where we we analyze you know where we analyze things. For example, uh, you know, if I can just pick and choose whatever I want without considering, you know, any any aspects like uh, I don't know money and all this stuff, I would for sure, for example, cut a masters from the United States because uh, I'm really tired of United States, you know, supremacy in in terms of of organizing tennis. But uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, the... that's fantastic. I was just reading some tweets from Miles, which were like basically contradicting that exactly. Like he was just saying the opposite, basically. And uh, yeah, I would love to have you guys on the show. That you know, Indian debating. Wells and Miami was 
was better and win French Open, but I won't comment on that. Um, <laughs> you, you, I, I, I would want love to see. A, I, I just would love to see a debate between you two here. You know, I, I won't uh, be caught but... by. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, even in Italy, if you win the Rome Masters, you get more, you know, local sponsorships and viewership than if you win Indian Wells or Miami. Uh, so I guess that it will depend from from where you live and from what kind of perspective you you are assuming also. Uh, whatever. Um, yeah. Then I agree with you in saying that you know it's kind of living in uh, more or less in in a dream. You know, maybe it can be. Um, you know, for example, I can even argue that it may be. Uh, considered this swing in the future as a swing with two 500 events, maybe back to back, which can, uh, you know, uh, since there are other players who can also like play play on clay, uh, but maybe don't, you know, don't go to South America right now for, for you know, a thousand of reasons. So maybe that can be uh, a more, you know, a reasonable um, thing to, to happen, but 1,000 it's uh yeah it's it's difficult of course and i i i don't think you know it, it can happen because of you know many things that uh, are needed to to you know to organize a, a master event um it's you know it's it's very difficult to think considering also you know how the for example the tennis in in middle east is is growing in terms of you know organizing events and and yeah, so I I just agree with with what you you know what you hinted while doing me me the question. Yeah, like for me, my I will start with Miles, and I'll say that he very often either doesn't see or doesn't want to see that a lot of the answers to the questions he poses is simply you're American, like why do you think you're encountering people that believe that 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 like no indian was yeah. in miami but don't know the french open you live in the effing united states and and that's basically what i want to say about that however when it comes to south america yeah i also tweeted about this midweek and i don't think it's really possible in the current calendar slot just because well it would require scrapping a lot of the indoor stuff and the u.s events uh, so that's impossible, first of all. for um, Also, the ATP won't allow to have something like this. So like January, the biggest events are played on hard courts. February on clay, then back to hard courts, like jumping around like this. Nor it should. Like, I don't think it should be like this. So I think basically the only way would be to um, have that golden swing, let's say, post um, Indian Wells Miami. And I think in that scenario with that well, pretty drastic uh, re rework in the calendar. And I know it's, it maybe doesn't sound too drastic, but it's more drastic than most of what like the yeah, ATP has sure. been going for the past 20 years or so. I mean, we really haven't had too many big major uh, sort of major changes in the calendar. And I would say that um, in the long run, uh, you, I, I just believe that probably one of these two events, so Miami or Monte Carlo, would also have to be eliminated. And in yeah. order to have a thousand in the golden swing in that in the period where I'm that I mentioned. Yeah. I sure. don't know. I don't think this is going to happen. I personally would like to see it. Um I think yeah, sort of just um eliminating one of these pretty random European European or American events that don't really mean that you know yeah, uh, exactly. to me to me ATP thousands mean uh, they they all mean the same. They mean they mean a thousand points. But yeah, you know, Monte Carlo has already gotten like a bit of a 
um, I, I don't know if, if to call it punishment, but like basically it's still a thousand, but it's the only non-mandatory event. Yeah. Um, well, I know that they sort of wanted to keep it on the, on the calendar only because of the great tradition that it has, but that's still as a non-mandatory thing. So it, it's pretty tough. It, it's probably not going to happen. Personally, I would like to see it. Uh, John, you're not going to fool me. There's no Bond Challenger. <laughs> I don't know if there ever was. Maybe in like, maybe in like the 80s or 90s. Actually, no. Uh, but it would be fun, you know. Uh, we'd have a place to live. Definitely. Yeah, I, I just I just disagree, you know, when the players, uh -huh. um, you know, oh, the players, sorry. Uh, when, you know, random people just jump in the discussion and say that these South American players are privileged because they have a 500 tournament uh, with where maybe the quality is not as high, is not as stacked as you know, other 500 events, because if you consider the thing as if it is even true, but if you consider, you know, all the, um, the thing as a wall, it's not that these players, at least talking about the main tour, they have plenty of challengers event, that's for sure. Uh, but it's not like they are kind of, in my opinion, privileged people whose ranking is, you know, basically, you know, fly high just because of, you know, uh, of these tournaments. Mm, John calling Hosdorf a uh, suburb of Bonn would be, mm, I mean, it's closer to the Cologne airport, right? Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, um, what, yeah, I think Mario, but your mistake with the players, it actually brought up another uh, thing that I wanted to touch on that the players also wouldn't want it. All of these guys who like keep saying that, yeah, why do they, why do they get all that clay swing, you know, which is, well, there are a lot of players like this on the main tour who say that the clay swing in February doesn't make sense. But yeah, I mean, if it's so easy to win there, just go there i mean literally just go there and win if it's so easy and they don't do that uh so i guess in the long run you yeah, know, it's I mean, kind of the, kind of their fault musetti musetti went one three last year there so you know yeah mm. and uh it wouldn't be bad preparation for indian wells either so like that argument is also a little off the table in my opinion like if someone says that you know i'm not gonna go there because uh i want to yeah, prepare for but indian you know wells. what like, I, you i'm just saying but don't don't be so annoying about everything, you know. It's basically just one month of tennis, you know, and it's not like you have not the opportunity to play to play there or anywhere else, you know, where you prefer the conditions. And so I, I really I really don't don't get it, you know. Agreed. Um, anyway, let's go to Doha or Los Cabos then. Maybe let's sort of stick with the Americas for now. And we have Los Cabos. And do you agree with me that this event was kind of saved by Jordan Thompson? Like Jordan yeah. Thompson literally <laughs> made my. I was about. I was about to say for me, basically the only you know the the storyline is Thompson winning the title and nothing else. Um, you know, basically in terms of you know what's. Um, kind of special to to talk about because you know a player of his age finally winning an atp an atp main tour title um so yeah it's been for sure also you know with um a couple of you know good wins in the semis in the final but also that great win he, I, it was the second round i think or maybe even the the first um against Mikkelsen when he lost all the, the first nine games and you know he was also in that match multiple times almost you know out of the tournament and then he ended up winning it 
uh, you know, great one of the greatest expression of of tennis, <laughs> you know, uh, in terms of how you know the scoreline is uh, is made and all this stuff. Uh, so it's it's really been a great story, and he also won the doubles event, playing you know all the three matches, uh, the the singles final and the doubles semi final and final, uh, all in the same not even day but evening because the the singles final, which was the first match, started at eight pm. Um, so yeah, a lot of things happened, and in the end, you know, he, he, it's really been a fairy tale week for him. Of course, it will it will mean a lot this title and also doing it uh, in some kind of spectacular way. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a good story from from that tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as as you mentioned, three hours forty minutes. Um, I think we are all sort of waiting for that Jordan Thompson title because the progress he's made over the years has been insane. I mean, from a guy who's been like never really that much of a main tour force. I mean, he was always kind of. Um, let's say, veltering the Asia, US, Australian challengers to stay in the top 100 and was doing that very well. I mean, he was definitely quite effective at that, but like that yeah. was kind of his, his ceiling as a player. That's kind of what he thought. Like um, he was a guy who like instantly, you just instantly, you thought of that Murray win as well in Queens. Right now, it's just like Murray win in Queens. What what the hell was that? Like, like no, he, you actually you have like 10 different things to sort of consider when you're um, talking about Jordan Thompson with someone. And that's not only recency bias. Like he's actually, you know, developed himself into a proper threat. He can be a sl- uh, seed at the slams soon. Um, honestly, at Ron Garros, I kind of think he's going to be the seed to draw. However, at Wimbledon, he absolutely deserves a seeding. I mean, it's very likely yeah. that if the special yeah. seeding formula was maintained, he actually would have been a seed already in 2023, 2022. Uh, so, yeah, I wasn't maybe expecting him to pull this off in a, in a, you know, in a scenario like this on a slower court, uh, beating players like Zverev or Ruth. And especially not in this crazy marathon way and also the, the way yeah. he was down to Mickelson. Love 6, 1, 6, 15, 40, and then this very much. And then he actually beats Root, which I thought he had like zero chance to do really after the marathon semi. Of course, also winning the doubles title and becoming the first player since Kyrgios in 2022, Washington to, to do that on the main tour. So um, yeah, all in all, it was just an insane week for him. And even though we were expecting that first title, definitely weren't expecting it that early. And I do agree with you that there's... Um, like otherwise, it was kind of boring, you know. You had Alexander's very in the same. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. already for me an event which is very, very difficult to to follow because basically yeah. matches are between midnight and you know and and seven a.m. So you know, it's it's not that easy to follow, even especially in a week where you have you know other two events you know played at more normal hour uh, to to follow and watch. So. Yeah, basically, um, I mean, the, the, you know, the best players ranking wise kind of had, let's say, at least reached the semifinals. Mm, so, yeah, I think, mm, you know, really mm, nothing to say. Maybe, you know, it it is disappointing for them maybe to not lifting the... Uh, the trophy, but you know, being so close also to a 500 tournament like Acapulco, you know, maybe one of them next week uh, wins there in Acapulco, and so yeah, 
I'd say yeah. that, you know, that would uh, would heal everything. So I don't think that there's any, you know, real story about them. Yeah, it could have been a, a pretty big one for Rude, I guess, because he, mm. uh, well, only has one hardcore title. He's had some major finals, obviously, and I don't even meant, I didn't even mean major, like, as in slums, but I also meant the Miami and uh, ATP yeah. finals um, runner-up appearances, but he only has won San Diego so far in 2021. Yeah. Uh, Vansh right now, if he was here, would be like, San Diego. And <laughs> San Diego <tell> slam. <laughs> yeah, he would start talking for like five minutes about this, but he's not here. Uh, well, of course, mostly because he's not a regular part of the show, but also because he's actually in San Diego, right? Yeah, he's, well, he's, al right he's always in San Diego. However, the tournament is also there this week. Anyway, uh, yeah, so for Ruth, maybe there would have been something, but yeah, Tsitsipas, don't be fooled by his semi-final. He still is kind of lost. Mm. And uh, Alexander Zverev definitely has some things to regret in that marathon yeah. against Jordan yeah, Thompson. But as you said, maybe sort of similar to Buenos Aires Rio, you kind of have yeah, exactly. another another go at it. I don't think the field is like very similar, but it's definitely not too um, sort of uh, different either. Maybe let's actually because we are all well, okay. Let's let's get, let's come back to that at the end of the the show. But um, yeah, so I guess for most couples, we can just move on to Doha then, right? And yeah. we had Karen Kachanov picking up a title. Of course, uh, up until last year, uh, was Chengdur Zhuhai. I never remember Zhuhai, I guess. Uh, up until yes. Zhuhai, there was that big story because he didn't win a challenge. Uh, he didn't win a title since uh, 2018 mm -hmm. Paris. Right now, he's got two of them. And I guess you know, just like sort of in like typical Kachanov fashion, yeah, he's yeah, been exactly. extremely solid this year. Like he's nine and three. He's only lost to Sinner. Rusevori and Dimitrov. Dimitrov, he had major winning chances against. Uh, Rusevori, of course, has also maybe looks like the standout loss there, but he's also started the year pretty well. So, like Kachanov, this is really typical Karen Kachanov. You don't talk about him for the yeah. whole week. Basically, the whole bottom half of the draw in Doha kind of gets ignored because of some yeah. major storylines story lines in the top half that we, we are gonna we are gonna cover in, in, soon. And then Karen Kachanov just wins the title, and he even does it without dropping a set. I guess the biggest sort of maybe headline being the two the two yeah. tie breaks that he had against Popperin and Menchik. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, I was actually thinking about you know a solid week for him. Um, yeah, winning all these matches that he should win on paper uh, against this kind of player. He started doing even more regularly uh, lately and even, you know, in, in bigger tournaments because he also got a couple of uh, very good slam, slam runs lately. Uh, there's been... Yeah, there's been the injury last year that you know stopped him when he was uh, back in the in the top ten after the French Open. So then he had to uh, to drop off because he had that semi final at the the U.S. Open that he hasn't been able to defend for you know kind of obvious reason. Even if he was there, um, so yeah, basically you know that has stopped him to to get an even you know higher and more solid ranking. Uh, but overall, yeah, he, he is a player. Mm, you you need to do things very, very, very well to beat him because he he usually brings on the table uh, this this kind of level. He's one of these guys that you can you know rely on him playing at least a, a decent a decent level of of tennis in almost every match he plays and. Um, 
you know, also on, you know, the Doha court also suits him quite well. Uh, even if, you know, Kachanov is more or less, you know, an all-around player, you know, can adapt really well to, you know, to, to most kind of, of conditions. But because, yeah, he, he is this kind of, uh, you know, yeah, solid player, both wings from, you know, even the forehand has become has become less and less erratic, uh, even if, you know, it's not maybe that spectacular. Um, but yeah, he he has this kind of game. Maybe he, he doesn't steal your, your sight, but he, he more or less always there. And especially since, you know, reaching that US Open semifinal, uh, he's... He's getting this solid top 15 level. Um, yeah, good for him that he, he also st- start winning, you know, these kind of titles now too over, you know, the past five, six months. Yeah, and as Mario called it, still one side. Uh, that's something that Jakub Menschik can do. Uh, and Jakub <laughs> Menschik was, was, of course, the runner-up. And not because he's a warlock or anything. He wouldn't actually physically steal someone's sight, but he could uh, definitely grasp your attention in a way that maybe Kachanov can. And um, Jakub Menschik, 18 years old, he breaks the top 100. Uh, he jumps to 87, I think. I mean, basically, since the Austrian Open, probably Menschik's top 100 debut seemed like absolutely imminent. I don't yeah. think it was imminent at the beginning of last year. Uh, it was a, like a bit of a question how he was going to keep going, but he comes back very like, yeah, just revived with new energy after the off season. He is basically fantastic ever since. Of course, he's had some setbacks as well because that's natural at his age. I don't know. He plays um, Hubert Hurkacz in the second round of the Australian Open. He's clearly there with the level, but just can't compete physically with him too much. That's also been something that, you know, for the most part in his career wasn't that strong. And here, he actually, like, in terms of the physical effort, that was insane. The match against Mari, three hours, 23 minutes, yeah. actually the longest match in uh, Doha history, I think. And after that, he comes back to beat, beat Rublev. Perhaps he sleepwalks through some return games. Perhaps he does it in the, the, in the same way in the final. But it's not like he's only serving and only getting there by serving. I mean, the, his movement is absolutely insane. In many ways, and we've we've said that on the show before, maybe around the Australian Open when yeah, when he played Hurkacz, that he is in many ways an improved version of his game. Uh, yeah. You can seriously ask the question like who has more potential, you know, Menchik or Berdy, for example. You can seriously claim that he is the Czech number one right now. He is yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. the the real deal, and um, uh, well, it was just fantastic for him to get this week because. Um, well, th- these are all mind- milestones that we were expecting from him, you know, t- first top 50 win against David Fokina, first top 10 against uh, Rublev, fir- top 100 debut, but it's just first final, but it's just kind of rare to do that yeah. all in the same week. Yeah, absolutely, all in the same week, and uh, of course, mm, you know, he he has a, a lot of things that steal your sight, as you, as you said, but also his rally tolerance is uh, great. Um, you know, at uh, in the second set, in, in Rublev actually tried to 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 stay composed, uh, to you know to to try to uh, to get higher his level uh, in the end. Um, but also the the way he was, you know, returning, you know, all the uh, acceleration that that Rublev was trying to to throw 
uh, a team and as it did you know for uh, for the whole week basically um but um, yeah in that that match also um he's the one who you know really um that I I really like because I I actually found that Rublev, uh, despite losing, was um, even more composed than 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 usual. He was uh, you know really trying. That second set was played at a very very high level, and and you know the way Medzik was was there, you know not only attacking where where he could and serving also well, uh, which is something that you can also um, you know. Saying like you watch him also physically how he is, and you say he should be the guy who plays this kind of tennis. But also to have all this mm, rally tolerance and to return so well, uh, you know, mm, also this this deep defense from from both swings without mm, you know having to step down that much uh, behind the baseline is absolutely remarkable. So uh, yeah, we are. Uh, you know, we are talking about all these these young players lately. Uh, he he really seems you know ready because he has the weapons. He has the uh, also the maturity in how uh, well he approaches the different moments on uh, of of the matches. At least this week. I mean, for sure, as I always say, these young players are going to have some some kind of of you know ups and downs. Um, but yeah, overall, if you consider as as a wall how how is doing, uh, um, you know, th- there are all these things that that seal your side, and not only his weapons, uh, the way he can you know play it, aggressive tennis, but uh, you know all the different things that that he can do, and it's it's very very you know good and. You know, he shows that he is really, really getting ready to 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 to, to try that quality jump soon. Yeah, um, Keko Pingu or something like that in the chat is asking about a catching Diaz Acosta preview. To me, Diaz Acosta is a slight favorite, even though it's mm, altitude. Be. Just because catching is zero and six for the year, and like last year, he actually had all of his runs at altitude. Yeah, Stadt title, Madrid yeah. challenger, Madrid ATP thousand. But still, I mean, nothing I've seen from him recently kind of tells me that he's gonna yeah, be I performing agree. well now. So um, probably a slight, yeah, slight edge to Diaz Acosta given the given the massive difference in form. And it's not like Diaz Acosta should be horrible in these conditions either. Uh, but yeah, Kachin, I think, hasn't won in like 12 matches by now or something like that. Yeah, he's on a very, very bad bad run lately. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, the the yeah. semifinals of Shenzhen, I think it was, against against Kovacevic. So that must be like 10 or something like that. 10, yeah, 11, because... Uh, yeah, yeah. He lost against Kovacevic and, and then he never won again. Uh, well, so if, yeah. if he is going to win, this is a good event for him. Yeah, right? for sure. Uh, but, it's um, you know the, the the perfect conditions. You know this altitude played for 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 him. That's for sure. But yeah, we know also that in tennis, uh, you know, usually also having good confidence, uh, you know, believing in in your chances can can play a role. Being in good form and Diaz Acosta has all these these things. Um, so yeah, I agree with uh, you know in saying that he he looks like favorite. Um, yeah, and when it comes to Doha, I guess we mentioned uh, Manchik. Was there anything else really that we should be talking about? 
uh, uh, uh. let me yeah i mean right. solid weeks from popular and mom fields were in the semis mm. but yeah i i also guess that for sure uh you know the the big story was of course mensik and then of course Kachan of winning the title because <laughs> it's of course very very you know important to to leave the trophy in the end though a trophy which is also uh, in my opinion one of the best lookings <laughs> it's nice to have him you know <laughs> sure definitely nice to have it in your trophy cabinet um yeah i mean this was great that this was such a good week for the youngsters as well i don't know if we should count navona because he's actually like 2 months younger yeah, than bias only uh so so i don't know but definitely the fresher one of the fresher players but still menchik and fonseca sort of just uh riding that wave for young tennis and menchik 18 fonseca 17 both both looking like absolutely incredible prospects and uh well long may it continue and uh, of course menchik is like more fully there already we like kind of believe in him just yeah playing like this almost week in week out um, someone could look at his loss to Mikhail Kukushkin in Manama just a week yeah, ago. Yeah, say like, what happened, but... But, you know, that's that's tennis, and Mikhail yeah, Kukushkin that's how it definitely is, is a tricky opponent to play, especially when you don't have the experience and sort of struggle against how uh, weird his ball is. And, um, yeah, for the last, like, 10, 15 minutes, as usual, I think we can just mention the events um, coming up. Um, the uh, one in the, let's say, European time zone is going to, to be Dubai. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Medvedev, the defending champion, is coming back after the Australian Open. So I don't know what their expectations are. He withdrew from Doha and Rotterdam, where he was also the defending champion last year. He cited fatigue and then also a right foot issue. Uh, but, I mean, you yeah, still the first, have the to think of him is... as one of the main favorites, right? Yeah, I have big expectation, honestly. I feel like, you know, the the court should suit him very, very well. Of course, the the first match is is tricky, you know, coming, you know, uh, first match in a while, plays against Shevchenko, which is, you know, a guy which strikes the ball really well, can be, uh, can be you know, uh, tough if he's not ready right from the start, but, you know, I also feel like he he should be able to, uh, to do well, I am expecting him to to play well. And let's see if this is the week where he finally will get, you know, his his second title in in one same same tournament. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a that's a good narrative that Mario mentioned. Yeah, twenty titles for Medvedev at the ATP Tour. No defenses. I think he's lost three times when he tried to defend the title, like you know, the year after. But he even never won the same title twice, like in, yeah. in very different years. No, never. Twenty titles, twenty separate events, which is kind of wild, especially considering like you know how good he is on hard courts and how how like he's the one of the main contenders for. Uh, a very like large group of titles every single yeah, yeah. year. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a bit weird even because, you know, even at higher level, you know, if we think about Masters, he won six at six different, uh, yeah. you know, Masters Even a clay so, one. Even a yeah, clay even, one before repeating. Yeah, and actually the one, one who has always hard been hard. kind of the closest ones to, to surprises and, uh, you know, to player who really don't, let's say, enjoy playing on on the clay so yeah it was yeah. Uh, maybe indian I mean, was this year then right maybe to, to complete the yeah. hardcore set yeah 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 uh and of course also you know a, a title which is is lacking uh actually since rome um 
I mean, he's been having, you know, solid weeks, so, uh, you know, having deep runs too, of course. But, um, of course, for a player with that ranking, you know, it, it lacks uh, the feeling of getting a trophy in, in your hand. And especially after having lost, you know, some finals, I I feel he should be, you know, motivated as hell to, to try to, to get his hands again on the trophy here. Yeah, we've had some matches today as well. I think seven first rounds. Tomorrow is the completion of the first round. Uh, Andrew Rublev played a very good match against Zhang Zhang. I think if he gets Frukazo in the second round, especially, like that's the problem round. But after that, he has a fantastic draw and he's also the uh, 2022 champion and also the 2023 runner up. So obviously, he's been doing very well at this venue yeah. as well. Uh, Hubert Hurkacz, the third seat, was almost out today playing another free tiebreak <laughs> match, which is absolutely insane. Eight tiebreaks in a row by now. He saves two match points against Yeah, Andrew and one of them. <laughs> in uh, Let's say that I know. <laughs> there, was, yeah. there was a bit of luck, even if, of course, it's, it's part of the game. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, 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 the, the ball basically clipped the net. It, it kind of made it seem like Struff can't even make it there. Like, he actually had to pull off a pretty good sprint. And I guess what kind of excuses Hurkacz is that he still needed to like pass yeah, him yeah, and needed to do it sort of in two shots. So, you know, it wasn't a dead net court specifically, but yeah, still he got aided, you know, by that on the point, especially as it was the one on return. Obviously, the one that was more important for Struff yeah. to clinch as he was 6-4 in the third set tiebreak. But yeah, all in all, I mean, really, these seem to be like the more more dangerous players. We've got some also uh, interesting storylines with Menchik getting a special exempt after his Doha run. Uh, you know, probably not too much in terms of like expectations in regards to this week. Like any win would be a massive bonus already, but you don't really pass up on opportunities like this. I mean, he got it because he was still in... Uh, Doha, of course, when he when the qualifying was played here, so uh, it's still a fantastic opportunity for him. As usual in the in this part of the world, Abdullah Shelbaik had a wild card, but he actually withdrew um, as I mean retired against Town Greek Sport today, and um, I guess that's kind of it. I mean, Sumit Nagar is also making an appearance, yeah. which for some of the in Indian the following, session. which we, hmm? in the night session tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, yeah, yeah, last match actually against Alonso Senego. Yes, yes, you're right. Uh, for some of our Indian following, which I think we should get, uh, should have some, some some Indian following, given we had a full-on dedicated video for Sumit Nagal uh, when he played at the Australian Open. That's definitely quite important. And uh, I think uh, he, well, other than the Australian Open, you know, he hasn't really played an ATP Tour event in a while. Well, probably Pune last year. So um, it's definitely quite big for him, having broken the top 100 this year, uh, this month even, in fact. And uh, yeah, let's go to Acapulco then. Uh, as um, yeah, is this very to... similar to Los Cabos? What's what's like the major differences? I guess there are there's plenty, right? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, there is another, uh, you know, um, top ten player and more, which is which is Rune, but also, uh, for example, the the American players. Of course, Fritz, uh, you know, Tommy Paul, who's playing well lately and was also finalist last year. Uh, you know, Deminor actually is more or less like he never he never went to Los Cabos since, uh, you know, was straight away from, from Rotterdam and, you know, just, you know, lost easily to, to Mikkelsen. So probably... Um, you know, it will be even a different Deminor. We, is he is actually defending the title uh, here. Yeah, and also, I mean, of course, the field is is deeper. 
you know, even if most of the top player, you know, are the same. For example, Zverev, Tsitsipas, uh, Rude is going to be there uh, too. So, um, yeah, I feel like um, Rune got um, good, quite quite a good draw. Um, the the top half, I feel like, you know, presents more. Um, dangerous players here and there will be interesting, of course. It's these two 500 tournaments has, are always very, uh, very stacked, and you know this one in Acapulco also is you know very much like from from most of uh, from some of the top players. Um, let's see, there are a lot of first rounds also, which which can be can be very interesting. You know, Tsitsipas Pass uh, faces Safiulin in the first match. Um, yeah, there are all these um, these clashes. It's going to be an interesting week, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, Holger Rune first event since teaming up with Patrick Muratoglu mm. again. That's definitely going to be oh, great, yeah. I think. And uh, as you said, Fritz, Tiafoe, uh, well, Tiafoe, I don't know if he's going to be a major factor in this event, given how he's been playing recently. But like Paul, Tiafoe, Fritz, yeah, this, these are major chances, changes compared to um, Los Cabos. Yeah, so it is stronger. Some of the sections, like it's still kind of wild for me to see, for example, Felix playing Tsitsipas in the second round. I know Felix is like, you know, <laughs> without the Basel yeah. title, he would be around like, let's say, top 50. But still, you know, seeing him unseated in events like this, I'm, I'm not used to it really. Um, yeah, even for, for a lot of 2023, he was just like, yeah, staying high in the rankings. Draper playing Paul again, that's definitely an exciting one. Yeah, Sh- well. Shelton is unseated player. He would have been seen yeah. before in, in Dubai, for example. Yeah, Dubai oh. this year really did not get the depth. Like Dubai doesn't look too bad. It, it it doesn't really look too bad for them because of the high seeds. They still have Medvedev, Rublev, Hurkac. But uh, in terms of the actual depth of the, let's say, seeds at least, uh, Dubai kind of loses the battle to Acapulco this year. Well, Dubai obviously being... Uh, well, actually, Acapulco pays pretty well too. But like Dubai is obviously further away from the States where all of these players essentially will yeah, be absolutely. going right after. And um, well, well, the conditions. Well, it's also pretty slow, so I guess it's it's not that dissimilar to Indermos. Uh, definitely, Dubai is the is the one that has more contrast to to Indermos anyway. So yeah, there are a lot of basically there are a lot of um, let's say pl- um, you know positives in playing uh, choosing Acapulco. Yeah, there there are quite stacked uh, you know parts of this draw. For example, you know Shelton Evans, the winners plays yeah. against Arnaldi Fritz. So maybe we That's can have this one, American right? yeah. you know this American. Uh, derby, let's say in in, yeah. in the second round, but even you derby. know the other two players are, of course, you know capable of giving entertaining matches, and there are also you know other good r- rounds. For example, uh, another the third match this year between Draper and Paul. Um, we are in Zverev's quarter, so yeah, mm, it's going to be an interesting, an interesting tournament. Yeah, and the last one, of course, the ATP 250 in Santiago. Um, it's not quite like Rio. It's not quite like Buenos Aires. Definitely, there are some changes, although for the most part, it's still the same players. It's just that some of the seeds, some of the high-ranked players have gone away. Uh, you know, definitely a lot of pressure on Nicolas Jari, who's defending the title. We already yeah. know because some matches have been played. Well, two matches have already been played in the main draw that he's going to play. Federico Coria in the second round. Uh, Jari is defending the title. As I mentioned that much earlier, but Tirante Fonseca looks pretty insane to me as well in terms of just, yeah, a lot of question marks regarding both players. We're like, 
if Tirante is to perform on the main tour, it has to be events like this. It has to be altitude. Whereas Fonseca, um, of course, you know, anytime he plays now, it's, it's going to be so exciting. I actually remember sort of t- tweeting that or maybe saying somewhere at the beginning of the season about challengers because I wasn't really f- expecting to, you know, make such a huge ranking jump already. But just saying that, you know, the fact that we're going to get him on the challenger tour so many times is just so exciting. And I literally watch every match of his. And, um, well, yeah. now, now we can also do it on the main tour, at least, you know, for some time. But I think after the Rio performance, he will be getting more, more wildcards at some events this yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and then, um, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it can be a Who big else? chance, for example, for a player like Hanfman. Hmm, yeah. His altitude, he should play well. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's the last week of this swing. So, of course, you know. Uh, next week, of course, also Indian Wells is is starting, especially for the players who won't be, you know, uh, seated. You know, the tournament starts early, so you know it's uh, understandable that, uh, of course, the the field is, uh, you know, weaker com- compared to to what we had in in the past weeks, especially for as for you know the higher ranked players who were involved in this. Um, but even if you think about the potential, uh, let's say, present, uh, presence of top 10 players in the swing, you know, they will go to Buenos Aires and Rio, but it's difficult to see them here. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, I still like it when it's, you know, a good chance for, uh, you know, for, for these players. I mean, there will be, of course, you mentioned Jari, which will be, uh, you know, he's also in, you know, in his country. So, of course, you know, a lot of pressure will be on him. Uh, in altitude, he also plays very well usually. So, yeah, let's see. There is a Chilean derby. Three three players from Chile and two of them plays against each other. Uh, I mean, it can also be a good thing given, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we will see at the end of the week which kind of storylines we will have from, from this tournament. Yeah, um, and as John mentions in the chat, Juan Ignacio, the major Iga Świątek fan, is actually taking a bit of a WTA Tour detox this week, and he's going to be on the ground for us in Santiago. Um, I remember him tweeting something interesting that um, Garin hasn't been lucky with his draws in Santiago, and I was just thinking about that because like Barrios Vera is literally the best draw you can get really in this event. Well, maybe Passaro, given he wasn't really fit, but... Uh, well, anyway, uh, that, of course, is neither here nor there. But, yeah, I was just thinking about that old Chilean section. Uh, Hanfan, of course, is a very fair shout. Uh, Darderi, maybe, you know, with that 220-kilometer serve as well. He's situated next to him. They, that could be a phenomenal matchup. Then, again, yeah. he's playing Bagnis right away, who I think is also usually extremely good on altitude. In fact, has been the, the finalist of this of this event in 2021. Uh, but yeah, Arthur Fils, can he save his uh, golden swing? I think yeah, that's also yeah, one of exactly. the major, major matches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he can. I mean, save of Wild's second round, and we might be looking at a 0 3 for Arthur Fields. But um, yeah, it yeah. just shows that, you know, he, it's, it's not, you know, that easy to, to, to play here, that's for sure. Uh, it's definitely not that easy. Yeah. And then the, the decision to, well, uh, he likes clay. It's not that he doesn't. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. If you went back to back semifinals indoor hard and slow indoor hard courts, there are so many of them on the tour right now. It's probably even better for him. Yeah, it's a weird decision, but anyway, he learned from this. Yeah, uh, I mean, it recovered. won't be the end of the world. That's for sure. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Indian Wells <laughs> could sue them as well. We'll see. 
but yeah, that's going to be more or less it then, I suppose. And um, yeah, any finishing thoughts? Um, anything about these three events coming up? Santiago, uh, Acapulco, Dubai? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would have... I would be very interested in Acapulco, but uh, I, let's see what I will be able to to watch this week from from there. If I will be, you know, like night all or or not. <laughs> uh, let's see. Fortunately, I also have you know these tournaments during during the day. Of course, I will be interested in yeah. Medvedev's performances. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm very interested in watching him. Uh, yeah. Mm, tomorrow, for example, there will be some some good matches. Just let's just see. Um, next week we will be back commenting on on everything. Yeah, I very much second that. I think I've said it many times that Mexico is actually the worst time zone for Europe, and not even because it it's, it usually is. It's just that they start the matches at yeah, 4 they PM start Mexico late. time. So, so yeah, that's that's kind of impossible for us to watch usually. And actually, last uh, this past week, I wasn't a night owl at all. I was just like waking up at maybe 7 a.m., which is so unusual for me. But somehow that's that's what my sleeping schedule sort of got restarted to. And because there's Indian challengers, you know, it kind of fits as well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, because of that, my Los Cabos was Yeah, of course. One thing is, one thing is to, you know, start in the evening and then stay awake. One thing is to to already start when it's, it's night. <laughs> we- yeah, that's a night owl, if I've ever <laughs> seen one. And I've actually never seen one before, at least not uh, in the literal sense. Anyway, um, thank you guys then. Thank you for all the comments in the chat. Well, a few comments in the chat. <laughs> and John, who was sort of keeping up the conversation there. Uh, of course, thank you for the 6K subscribers that we recently passed. And as Mario said, I mean, we are going to be back, of course, and we are going to be back with more content on the channel in general. So keep tuning into that. If you haven't subscribed yet, this is your moment. This is your one and only opportunity. After you know a minute from this show, you're not going to be able to subscribe. No, of course, you're still going to be able to uh, to get there. Anyway, uh, yeah. Once again, uh, thank you, and see you. Yeah, soon. thank you, thank you. Bye bye. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on. All things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.